If you're in the financial red zone, that's five to 10 years from retirement, it's more important than ever to make sure you have a solid plan in place. So on today's podcast, we've got some tips to help you firm it all up, get that plan in place and over the goal line. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade. Welcome to the podcast and every week, every Friday and, and even on holiday weeks, a little earlier, we drop this to keep you informed on retirement strategies. This is Money Matters USA and Fred Sade is the fiduciary founder and managing director of the firm of the same name. Also holds a PhD in economics from Duke University. Greetings to you, Fred, and happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you. And, and, and to you and your family. Yeah. And the extended family. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great time of the year and we're still going to have a good conversation here. And is, I feel good about 2023. I'm going to be optimistic. Are you, okay. are you feeling good about it? Uh, not, not right. so much. Not, yeah. Not, not right now. Well, I mean, I'm right. lying to myself, but, um, well, okay. but I'm trying to be optimistic. Well, that's <laughs> we do that, have our share of challenges, don't we? Yeah, we 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 definitely do. Uh, I'm would like to think that somehow things are are gonna are gonna work out. Maybe they will, and may, maybe the Fed won't crush the economy. Yeah, maybe they will. I mean, I I know the Wall Street crowd is is thinking ahead really to 2024 and 2025 uh in terms of the business cycle they're and, just like let's just catch 2023 is going to be bad let's just look now to 2024 yeah. is that what they're doing wow yeah that's exactly what they're what they're doing they um really concerned that the with all the um spending that is in the system and uh, the possible continual spending. I mean, I don't know what the Congress is going to do, but the Senate is kicking around about another $1.9 trillion of spending. And where does that leave the Federal Reserve? Mm -hmm. Well, means that they're going to yeah, keep raising interest rates and M2 money supply is absolutely flat, which is surprising because usually um, the money supply increases about by, by about 5%. Right now, it's just absolutely flat. I'm not a fan of M2, but, but, but it does make sense that it shouldn't be flat, but it is. So I, it, it's hard to be optimistic. There's a front page article on today's Wall Street Journal that, that I think does a pretty good job of uh, suggesting that the professional investors, the hedge fund, the, invest, the um, uh, equity 
investors, the institutional investors, they're being very cautious, and it's the individual investor that's uh, uh, that's uh, dollar cost averaging mm-hmm. and, and trying to pick up uh, bargains and is uh, being more fully invested and not taking advantage of, of uh, cash opportunities well, that exist in the market. Let's look at those who really can't afford to just cast aside a year. And and really, that's the millions of Americans who've realized, man, I need to get serious about this. I'm getting close to retirement. Need to get a plan together. If you're in, as you said earlier, Fred, the the financial red zone, five to 10 years away, that's a good time to get into retirement mode. Let's look at 401k and not only the fact that, yes, if you can fund to the max, but also what if someone comes to you wisely, I think, in the financial red zone, how do you help them rethink as they should their 401k assignments? Well, I, my initial advice is fund, at least fund to get the free money. After that, you need to now take a look at um, should you be looking at some other alternative? Uh, in other words, if, um, what 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 is the what is your mix? What 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 can you expect in terms of taxes after retirement as opposed to before retirement? You could very well be in the same bracket or same set of brackets uh, in retirement than than you are pre-retirement. So there, there may not be an enormous tax advantage. Uh, for for being tax deferred, now maybe maybe there there will be. So you might want to look at some other things. Uh, maybe you want to think about uh, some diversification. Maybe you know maybe something else might might make sense. Maybe maybe you don't want to roll the dice and have everything uh, in in a four hundred one k. But on the other hand, maybe you don't think that way, and and maybe your your only concern is how much money can I put away above, even above and beyond the, the employer, uh, in, beyond the employer match. And, uh, so if you're under 50, it's 22,500. You get an additional 7,500 uh, if you're over, uh, over 50. So, I mean, 30,000 is a pretty good, is a pretty good chunk that you can, that you can put away. Uh, but again, um, you know, that's, that's without that's without considering what your tax situation is going to be, and, and I realize that there's an argument that says you you should not uh, make investment decisions or you know based on on taxes. You should make them based on the quality of the investments. Now, look if you if you like your 401k plan uh, and you had good result uh, with it, then you know fine. Uh, now I I've lo- I'm looking at 401k. Plans on the allocations, and and there's a lot. There, there are a lot of a lot of people, a significant uh, a number, who are who are you know 96 percent in cash right now, and don't and don't want to have equity is exposure. That, and is that too high though? I mean, what's a well, good normally, blend? Yeah, normally it would be, yeah. but if if you are within five years. Uh, or so, uh, ten years of, of retirement. Uh, then you have to look at the, at the downside and what's your loss exposure and how long will it take you 
you know, to recover. Now, you you can say that, well, you know, it's it might be nine months, it might be 15 months, you know, to, to come out of a down market, to come out of a recession. That may be true, but it, it can also, depending on how you're invested, it could be eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years. Uh, to come out of it. So while you are rebuilding, getting back to where you started from, uh, you know, you, you, you're not earning anything. You're just trying to get back uh, to, to, the start, to the start line. So, uh, you know, you have to look at uh, what your, you know, what your yeah. goals are at this point and what do you want your money to do for you right. and how much can I afford to lose? And nothing static, of course, you know, it's, a, no, you, it's, it's not, it's not, but I, I think these are, are questions that, that, that you have to ask. Now, I, I know that there's an argument that said, well, you know, this stuff is going down. I don't know where the floor is. No, nobody, nobody can tell you honestly that they know that we are at the floor. So right. if you want to, so some people are just going to dollar cost average uh, in, in order to uh, have this uh, spread of, of, of cost, and they and if you liked some of those positions, fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, but you know what, uh, you you can also be invested short term in treasuries, and and um, because the the rate curve is inverted right now, the short term yields, the ninety day bill, treasury bills are are very very high. So uh, you could either do that, or you can buy an ETF. Uh, that will also reflect uh, you know, the the movement in in the treasury, and um, uh, you know, and 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 the rates that are being paid are very very uh, high, and uh, and and there's no risk of default. So you know, if you can get a guaranteed four or five percent in ninety days, what's wrong with that? Uh, I mean, the the long term at long term, the long term S and P is 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 about five point seven five. Uh, that that's it. I mean, the the volatility in the S and P is nineteen point eight percent. That's normal volatility uh, every year. If anybody wants to know, I I can you know give you the formula for how you figure that out. But but with that kind of volatility, I mean, there, there should be less certainty about uh, about where about where you're going, uh, you know, on this and and look for some alternatives. But again. Up to up to the free money, up to, to that max, that's fine. Okay. You know, if, after that, you 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 really need to make some decisions. Don't just you know say, well, you know, I, I like the plan. I'm going all in here. Get the max deduction. Mm. Well, now, what? Uh, speaking of financial red zone, what changes or what should change maybe when you turn fifty nine and a half? Well. Some people would say, and that's it's the target date funds, just target date funds as an example, that as you get older, your allocation between equity and bond ought to shift uh, toward, toward bonds. And, and that's the uh, sometimes referred to as a glide path uh, approach where you're shifting more toward uh, income. Uh, and you're moving out of uh, of equities. The, the problem right now uh, is that uh, modern portfolio theory doesn't work at the moment because stocks and bonds are highly correlated, which means that stocks and bonds are moving in the same direction. When stocks go up, the, uh, the bonds go up. When stocks go down, the bonds 
uh, go down. So there's all sorts of arguments and theories about bond diversification. But the point is, they're not behaving normally. So in modern portfolio theory, you, you, if it were working, which it's not, so right now, um, you want something that is negatively correlated with this market. So in other words, when the market goes down, if it's negatively correlated, whatever you're investing in should go up. And that should be bonds, but they're not uh, going up. And, and um, uh, uh, junk bonds uh, are behaving like equities, so they're, they're highly volatile uh, you know, right now. So um, you have to think about how do I diversify? Cash is one way, and you can't say that cash doesn't pay right now because obviously it does because interest rates are high. Options are another thing. If you don't like options, commodities uh, are another choice. Uh, metals always do well. Uh, it doesn't have to be gold. There, there are other metals. Lithium uh, is doing well. Silver is doing well. Um, just to name, just to name a couple. Uh, so, I mean, you you do have other ways of, of what you're trying to do is manage risk and offset risk. And if you can't do it in a traditional way, you know, then there then there are other ways of uh, of offsetting risk. You could it could be using factors um, uh, in 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 uh, moderating uh, some of the risk uh, that's that's within the portfolio. I mean, this is a much deeper. A conversation about managing risk is vitally uh, oh, yeah. important all the time, uh, and you have to say what what can I control, what can't I control, and what are the what are the risks that I have to be concerned about, and and um, that that another another risk that that a lot of software does not take into account is private equity, uh, private private equity, uh, and uh, it will act in in particular ways. And, and if the software that you're using or your advisor is using doesn't take private equity into account, that that's a, that's a big no-no because they influence how the market operates. And anybody that, that can trade in dark pools uh, will have an impact uh, on the environment. You can't always uh, know what that is, but you can you can put uh, hedge funds uh, into the uh, into the equation, and, soft, and whatever software is being used ought to take that into account as a factor uh, that, that that's being considered. Well, and um, finally, too, looking at I know you do an inventory on what would be um, the clients you meet with, their income streams, and 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 of course, what are the best strategies when they're still working before they retire? Explain mm -hmm. uh, some of the strategies, though, taking ta the potential tax impact into account. Well, first of all, you, you uh, to keep to keep this really simple, um, you should be considering uh, a Roth. Now, this this is where uh, you're going to get sometimes you're going to get fierce pushback from CPAs. CPAs usually want to reduce taxes right now, and they want to keep on reducing taxes. They're going to say we want you to pay the least amount all the time, and many CPAs dislike Roths. Now I I have talked to lots of CPAs. I have a white paper uh, that I've had uh, professionally you know, enhanced for me with graphics and everything else. And most of them say, okay, uh, leave that with me and I'll get back to you. And I know what that, that means. Mm. Uh, you know, they're, they're just <laughs> not, there. there's a hit, you know, there aren't that many CPAs who are going to 
you know, Ed Slott is uh, is is one you know is one such guy that that's a great believer in Roths, and and then you can start counting them on the, on your fingers and and your toes uh, for the rest. Most of them are going to do are going to say exactly what I what I just said, but I I think people should consider uh, a a diversification. It could be uh, it could be a, it could be a traditional IRA, which doesn't necessarily help you. I mean, if you're in a high tax bracket now, you're probably going to be in the same high tax bracket uh, when you're in retirement. So you have to. So a Roth may make a lot of sense. Uh, uh, you might might want to consider um, uh, it, the charitable approach. Uh, uh, if you're charitably inclined, uh, ch- a charitable approach is, is, can be very very uh, effective. Uh, and if um, if you're taking money. Even if you're not RMD eligible, but you're you're over 59 and a half, and you are taking money, uh, you might want to consider a charitable contribution. You won't get a deduction for it, but it will sat it will it would satisfy if you were if you were RMD eligible, it would satisfy the RMD. But even if you're not, it does not uh, go into your income. So the, the, this this can be really. Um, you know, attractive, and um, you need to think about some kind of tax diversification because that's going to impact um, how how you take money out, uh, sequencing order, and <clears throat> getting that done properly will extend the life of your uh, portfolio, and and that's that's important because uh, if you want to uh, consider how much money you're going to have over. Over over your lifetime, uh, and you really have to plan today for people living into their nineties, particularly couples. Uh, single people might not, might live into their uh, mid eighties. Uh, you you have to have uh, you have to have a way of having those assets last and and be able to uh, pay and and uh, you and and that means uh, that you have to be tax efficient. Uh, all the time, and um, planning software uh, can can uh, deconstruct your tax return and, and show you what the impact is. And we like to go out two, three uh, years, and we do know that the current tax code, the uh, is the current tax rates, I should say, are set to expire at the end of 2025. So we we only have uh, 2022, what remains of it, 2023, 2024, 2025, and then uh, they they revert uh, to the uh, Obama uh, taxes. And in order to make these permanent, the Republicans would have to control the White House, both houses of Congress. The only thing I can see them doing is doing something about the uh, tax rate on the uh, pastures versus the uh, C-Corps, uh, because pastures are being taxed at the personal rate, C-Corps are being taxed at 21%. I can see uh, Congress doing something to raise the C-Corp rate. I, 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 right now, I don't see anything else uh, uh, going, to, uh, going, going to happen. And... Um, you know, you need to think about: uh, Are you going to are you going to stay in your current house? You're going to stay in the state, in the town. Uh, you're going to downsize. Um, where, where are you going to live? What what do you what do you expect that you're going to need? Do you want to maintain your current lifestyle? Uh, you want to reduce your housing costs? Do you have money for for other things? Uh, these are all the things that you uh, that you want to consider. Do you have a pension? Most people do not. Um, 
if you do, that's that's great. Uh, if you if you don't, you have to create your own pension. You have to borrow Malevsky's term. You have to pensionize uh, some of your assets to to pay out in income. Then you want to have an excellent social security strategy. That's that's the core. Correct social security strategy will prolong your other assets, and social security uh, is still tax favored. Fifty uh, percent of it may not be taxed, or maybe eighty-five uh, percent will be ta- will be ta- will be subject to taxation. That means that fifteen percent uh, won't be taxed. So uh, you want to get that strategy uh, right. There, there are just too many strategies to try to pull it out of the out of the air. I need software to do it. Uh, oftentimes, the the solution is counterintuitive. You just don't know uh, what what will be the the best, uh, but getting it right is important because uh, not only are you leaving money behind, but you want to extend the life of your portfolios. And if you can if you can make Social Security come out and pay you uh, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, uh, then you know. And if your goal was seventy or seventy five or eighty or thousand, you know that puts a lot less pressure uh, on your other on your other assets and. Um, don't leave, don't leave 401k plans behind. In other words, if you change jobs, uh, don't leave it behind. No. Move it. Uh, Some people forget about them, don't they? It's some jobs. Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, uh, it, it's it's a it's a problem. It's a problem for the for the old employer because they have liability, or they may have liability uh, for uh, for any losses that you may incur. They may not have filed properly uh, when they did the plan document. They may not have elect, made a proper election. Uh, so, uh, and and you are just uh, riding along here, of, you know, forgetting about it. Now I'll get to it when I get to it. That's a mistake. It needs to. It needs to be. It should be put either into an individual IRA or into a Roth, uh, or uh, or if if your new employer will accept. The money from the old plan, then perhaps into the new plan uh, from the from the new employer. Uh, it depends how long you think you're going to be working at that uh, at that job. I, I know some people will change jobs, and 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 uh, 90 days later they're back with the old employer. They just did it as a leverage play. So okay, so I understand you don't want to move your 401k, but but if that's not your game, uh, then then you don't want to leave it. Uh, you know, you don't want to leave it behind, and. Um, the, the, if if you um, you know retire uh, at fifty five, you can always move uh, money uh, out, and uh, you can take a distribution, uh, and that because that waives the penalty. Um, I think government. I think I don't work usually with government employees, but I think government employees are age fifty. I may be wrong on that. Oh, you as know? far as. Um yeah. Yeah, they're all fifty-five for for non-government. Okay. That's a fifth, age fifty, I think. Those lucky people. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, it's one of the benefits of working for government. Well, uh, I guess I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I knew a firefighter, a friend of mine, who um, he he got in at nineteen. He retired at forty-nine. <laughs> retired at forty-nine. What, yeah. And what, is, what did he do with the rest of his well, I, I, job? I, I don't know. Well, see, that's the thing. You're free to. I always, you know, regretted not joining the military where you put your 20 years in, retire at 38, then start a whole new career. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, but uh, one way or the other, and as we said, there are millions that just aren't exactly sure. Millions of Americans and close to retirement. That's when you got to plan together, and that's certainly where Fred Sade comes in. Just to remind you, wherever you are listening to the podcast, you can schedule with Fred an initial comprehensive review, 800-593-8188. 800-593-8188. Well, between inflation and Fed rate hike projections for the future, of course, many have voiced concerns about an imminent recession. And the concerns have been raised by talking heads and consumers alike. I mean, we're all feeling what we're in now. And mm-hmm. particularly, though, the financial implications for the, um, well, the holiday season and into a new year that we're still, there's a lot of uncertainty. We're going to dig into that with Fred straight ahead. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. We're back with Money Matters USA and also invite you to visit Fred Sade's website, and that is moneymattersusa.net. Fred founded and is the managing director of his firm, Money Matters USA. Fred is a fiduciary and really would love to talk to you about retirement strategies because that's what he shares with us uh, every week on this podcast. Now, uh, the index that's essentially the tool of measuring the cost of goods and services increased 0.4% for the month uh, and 77 for the year according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Although I was going to ask you about that real quick, uh, Fred. I was reading uh, the inflation number that were given, and then you can help clear this. This is where I get confused. I was reading that uh, the lower number was factoring in lower energy cost, but that core inflation, which could be higher, uh, doesn't factor in energy and food. So that's where I got confused. No, it's right. Uh, The... CPI and core measure the same thing, but they give different weight weights to different uh, components. So you wind up with a different with a different number. That's, okay. Yeah. That's the, re- that's the reality. But it's um, almost like uh, the lower inflation number we got. It was attributed to lower energy costs, but that's not uh, calculated in core inflation. So what's the real inflation number? I guess is the question I have. Uh, It's a personal Uh, number, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, it is. I mean, you have to figure out what your personal inflation rate is and, and, uh, everybody's, uh, is, is different. I mean, there, there is a reality to it. I mean, when you, you know, go to go food shopping or, or put gasoline uh, in your car, or, or you know, ev- everything has uh, is inflated uh, in in price. Um, when you talk to uh, people in the construction trades or uh, architects, uh, you know they they cost out stuff, and and you know, and then it gets ordered, and some stuff won't be here until 2023, 2024 stuff coming in from Europe or some com- stuff coming in from 
Asia and, and not even can't even be certain what the price is, is going to be uh, at, at that uh, at that time. So I mean, inflation is 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 nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and government always prefers inflation. It gives it gives them running room uh, for um, for spending for but for budgeting. Um, and um they like it. Uh, it's it's easier for them to work with a low level of inflation than it is to work with deflation. So, oh, they may have you, to have lower budgets for deflation, right? Or, yeah, they, and, and it's and yeah, and um, it, it, when when you have deflation, it's very hard to stimulate demand for goods and services. I mean, that was a challenge that the New Deal faced in the 1930s and never could solve that problem. Uh, I mean, what what solved the problem was World War II. That that absorbed manpower. It truly got us out of the Depression, right? World War II, yeah. Yeah. So, and we, we, yeah, Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and and then right after the war, we went right back into a recession the way we did after World War One. There was no transition plan. But anyway, it's a different conversation. What's going to get us out of this? That's the question. Of course, I've, you know, and the other thing, too, we are 14 years older than we were when 2008 happened. And so now it's uh, for people, I'm, you know, in the financial red zone again, back to that. It's it's a different strategy course now to consider. I mean, that's kind of what we're looking at in in what we're facing in 2023, at least going into it early. Um, so looking at yeah. some things, Fran, I guess uh, building, building is a, a building what you can. Yeah, yeah I, I first first of all, when when the mar- when the stock market with the equity and the bond markets are not acting in the way that they are supposed to act. In other words, bonds are supposed to offset the volatility of equities. When that is not happening, uh, the market the markets are, are are acting in a way that's, you know, I, I'll call it abnormal. I mean, they, they just have excess risk, excess volatility. Uh, so when, when that happens, you, you have to then have other alternatives that, A, are not dependent on Wall Street, but if you're going to be 100% uh, on Wall Street, then you, then you have to have offsetting or, or risk mitigating strategies. So you you want to get down to to a much lower risk of, of failure. So in other words, if you can get down to a 30, 35% risk of failure, that's about as good as, as you're going to do uh, by, by, you know, traditional portfolio uh, management, you can get it below that, but but it takes but it takes some some work, and you have to be willing to give up some upside uh, to protect you on the on the downside. Now, if you're in the financial red zone, uh, if you um, you know are more than five, ten, eleven percent loss, it's very hard to recover because it takes a lot of a lot of time. If if you can recover in a year and a half, two years, uh, then then that's what you're looking uh, to do. You're, you're not looking for for a five, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year recovery period. You just don't have the time for it. And meanwhile, what are you going to do for income at, at that at that point? Not every everybody not everybody can work. Not everybody can work part time. Not everybody can work uh, for the same employer. Uh, not everybody you know can work at Home Depot. Uh, it, it, there just aren't enough jobs uh, out there 
for uh, for people, uh, you know, and who who don't at that point, you, you're not really looking for a lot of responsibility. Uh, you're not looking to be a team leader, or yeah, I mean, you're just looking for some way to right. Get some you're not starting a new some, career, really. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly right. I mean, and, and you you really need to have a plan. I mean, we, I I don't know. I mean, I, if we we're going to put something up in in, in uh, neon. Uh, that would that would be it. Ha- have a plan. Run through uh, what your uh, objectives are. What you want your money to do for you. What your goals are. Um, what what style of living are you are you looking to have? Be be realistic and uh, diversify. 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 When when you are diversifying. Uh, you are giving up return, but you're giving up return in order in order to preserve capital and and uh, limit your downside exposure. Uh, if you don't diversify, you may have a huge upside, but you're also going to have a huge uh, downside. I mean, it's like jumping into a pool, being stark naked, and not knowing if there's any water in the pool. Mm. Well, and and whether you're naked or with or clothed, that could hurt and leave a mark. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. you, you mentioned. Uh, you have, you know, some people with uh, really high percentage in cash for now. But at what point do you draw the line and say, let's not let emotions get the best of you here, though? You know, that's that is a very tough uh, decision. And, and that that's where uh, we are, where risk tolerance and risk capacity being measuring those, which, which we do. And then we measure the risk in the portfolio. Now we have three different ways of doing that, but we want to understand uh, what you are willing, what are you willing to do, what are you not willing to do, how much money are you willing uh, to lose, and um, sometimes uh, we have people sign off on that. Other times we just record them, and then when when uh, when the worst happens. And and uh, they uh, start uh, screaming. We we then remind them of what they've signed, or we play back for them that segment on, on a di- from the digital uh, recording, uh, so that they calm down. I mean, if they said, "Well, we're willing to lose twenty two percent or twenty five percent, we can't talk them out of it," uh, we remind them that they were willing to lose twenty five percent, and and so don't complain. Yeah. Uh, Right, but the, it it becomes necessary. It, it becomes necessary to, to make to make an important uh, decision that, that you're alluding to. Um, if if you if if you're going to go with the advice, um, don't do anything. You're playing the long game, and uh, stay stay put. Um, don't do anything. Then you're what you're really saying is that you want to play through the cycle. You're, you're going to stay through this investment cycle until the next cycle begins, and that's when you're going to have your recovery. But we know when modern portfolio theory is operating, every two and a half to three years, we're going to get a drawdown in the market, and the drawdown is usually about 20%. But we already know that the, that the normal S&P 500 volatility is, is 19.8%. So we're, we're always very always very close mm-hmm. to that 20 to that 20%. Uh, drawdown. Now, if we look at the Nasdaq, it's, they're, they're, that's in recession territory right now. I mean, it's it's over thirty uh, percent. I keep on looking at it, uh, and um, I keep on scratching my head when it's at thirty point seven 
percent. I said, well, this is, you know, it, but it's not surprising because of the makeup of the, you know, of the NASDAQ. But it's important. It's, you can't emphasize the, how important it is to uh, have a strategy, have you to work through the alternatives, the, 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 what, the what ifs. Uh, yeah, sure. You don't want to make a rash decision, but sometimes you need to get uh, some tactical uh, work done here where you're uh, making adjustments, uh, even if those adjustments are shorter term, even if you like your longer term positions, you might want to hold those, but you may want to adjust tactically uh, so that you take advantage of, of what, what the market is, uh, is offering you uh, right now uh, and not, not just depend on, on the uh, cycle uh, that, that, it will, that it will come back eventually. But it's, it's the duration of that. How long, I shouldn't say duration. I should just say how long will it take you know, to, to come back. And, and that that's the real uh, that's the real uh, issue. Now I, I know that um, there there are some people who are going to say equities, equities, equities all the time. Uh, I don't. I, I think you you just have to understand uh, what your risk exposures are there and and ways to offset that. So you're you're not you're not ignoring uh, sequence of risk uh, when you are finally retired. And, and that market is, uh, you know, is working against you, particularly in the early years. So at least, at least three to five years before retirement, you really need to, to look at uh, what you're doing and see what your exposures are. And if you retire into a recession or a down market and you're, you're pulling from that portfolio, the, the chances of recovery uh, become very, very slim, especially in the first three years of retirement. Later, it won't hurt you as much. And we can go through the math on that, but it, it, it's been demonstrated uh, many times that what I just said is accurate. Uh, you know, you, you, you know, I learned from one of my professors that you, you know, that you can sacrifice the short term, the long term and the long term, and the short term. And, and there's a lot of truth in that. So you have to decide if you're going to be a long term player, what are you going to do in the short term that doesn't kill your long term opportunity? And I, I think uh, you don't want to make rash decisions. But I do think that you have to look at what you're what your situation is, and, and get a and get a, and and see if you want to stay committed uh, to that. You know, again, with, within within your risk tolerance and within your risk capacity, don't you know? Don't don't just suddenly say, you know, we're going to have a lot of hail marys here. Uh, why don't I'll just take more more risk? Yeah, but if there's more risk on the upside, there's more risk on the downside. So what's going to hurt you more? Uh, the, um, the possibility of an upside gain or a significant downside loss that's going to take years to recover that that will kill your retirement well you don't want that and i you know fred really you have to wear retirement bifocals you have to look at the now as we are now in our turbulent economy but then you also have to look long term on behalf of your clients and that is what fred does it's part of that holistic planning process where you can schedule with fred and again we stress no matter where you are listening to the podcast. Uh, you can schedule with Fred 800 593 8188. 
800-593-8188. And as always, we invite you to visit Fred's website, moneymattersusa.net. MoneyMattersUSA.net. We got the link to that too, right on the landing page for the podcast here, and which drops uh, every Friday. Uh, this one uh, we're recording on Monday, December nineteenth. We're going to drop this a little bit early, heading into the holiday weekend. Fred, I hope you have a great holiday again. You too. You too. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yes, and uh, we, of course, I look forward to 2023 and more great information uh, that you'll share with us and great conversations on this. And we also look forward to you being with us here on the podcast, Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.